Hey everybody, welcome back to On Stage, Off Stage. I'm your host, George Sapio, and this is episode number 166, June of 2023. Our guest this month is Michelle Markarian. Michelle is a playwright and a fiction writer. And for your listening pleasure, this month we are presenting her play, The Birthday Boat, as the first of our 2023 plays with the theme of exploration. We'll have an interview with Michelle following the play. So let's get to it. The Birthday Boat by Michelle Markarian, starring Richard Rapetta as Ben and Eric Ronis as Todd. The scene is a dock in a coastal town. Close your eyes. They are closed. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. No peeking. I'm not. By the way, why do I have to close my eyes to see your 40th birthday present that you bought yourself? I want you to be surprised. I think you'll like it. No, I think you'll love it. But it's not my... Ta-da! Open your eyes, Ben. Okay. What? A boat? Sailboat. I see that. So what do you think? Odd. She's a beauty, isn't she? Well, yeah, but... But what? You don't seem too happy with my present. I thought you'd love it. Odd, it's beautiful. So why aren't you more enthused? Odd. What? You hate boats. So? So why would you spend all this money on a boat that you're never going to use? I thought it would be something we could enjoy together. How can you say that? My God, you have to take a Xanax every time we ride the ferry. That was years ago. I'm just saying. Look, you love to sail. I've learned to live without it. This way you won't be spending so much money on rentals. How did you know? You share a credit card. Okay, that was stupid. Look, I think it's important that we support each other's passions. Odd, it's your 40th. Return the sailboat, please. Buy yourself something that you like. Like what? Like, what about that thing we saw on our last trip to New Orleans? You know, in the antique store, that armoire. The one you were practically drooling over. Oh, that thing. That Louis Fourteenth armoire. Yes. Didn't you say that it was worth... I told you, for my 40th birthday, I want something we can both enjoy together. And this boat's gorgeous, right? It's a beautiful boat, Todd. I don't even want to think about how much you paid for it. Well, you don't have to. It's my birthday, and it's my present to myself. You want to take it for a sale? Is, isn't it a little chilly? Todd, it's 70 degrees. Yeah, but um, being out on the water makes the regular temperature feel like 20 degrees less. That's not true. Where did you get that fact? I read it. You have no intention of coming on this sailboat, do you? This is just some grand gesture to, I don't know what, blow money? No, I told you, I bought this so that we could enjoy it together. I see. Who is he? Who is who? Who is he? I mean, 
it's obvious that you and I aren't going to be sailing on this thing. You clearly want me out of the way so that you can... What? You tell me. Ben. No. Please. Then what? Why did you buy this boat? And don't give me this crap about wanting us to do something together. I want to move past it. Past? The accident. Oh. I want to move past it, Ben. It's time. And you think that buying a sailboat will help you do that? Maybe. What does your therapist think? Well. She's not forward, is she? No. But she is never big on my making purchases that might impact her fees. <laughs> Seriously. And if I overcome my fear, then I won't need her services anymore, right? I guess. Although that's pretty cynical. I just would like to go sailing someday. Look, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. What's the point of us living near the water? Todd. Can we talk about it? Again? Won't it upset you? Please. Go ahead. Thank you. You know, I had asked Dylan if I could go with him that day that he, the day he went for a sail. Uh-huh. I had never been on a sailboat before, even though I was 11. Somehow I always found an excuse not to sign up for the lessons. I think my dad was disappointed. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't. But that was okay, because Dylan loved to sail, and he did it well. He was a good sailor. He was. I know you don't believe me, but he was. No doubt, but from what you told me, he shouldn't have gone out that day. Small craft advisory. Small craft advisory? If your parents were home, they probably would have stopped him. At least I hope they would have. I wanted to go with him. But he wanted to go with his friends. They had beer. It was a good thing that you didn't. I was so pissed. We were always close. I worshipped him. But he had crossed that line into teenagerhood, and I couldn't go there with him. It was frustrating. It's normal. You were 11. Dylan was what? 16? 15. 15. That's a big difference at that age. It is. It's hard to remember exactly why, but it is. So you stayed home. I stayed home. But then I went down to the water. And as the boat was sailing out, I shouted, I hate you, Dylan. You were a kid. Awful. To think that those were the last words I spoke to my brother. His friends were laughing. I'm sure he knew that you didn't mean it. I did mean it. I'm sure you didn't. No, Ben, you weren't there. I did. And later, after we got the news that the boat was missing, I thought that I caused it by telling them that. Nobody has that much power. 
And my parents kept screaming at me over and over again, why did you let him go? Like, I could have stopped Dylan. Like, anybody could have stopped Dylan. I think they were just freaked out that they weren't able to stop him. Yeah. That's what my shrink says. You were 11. Just a kid, Todd. I still have this fantasy that he's alive. They never found the bodies. It isn't likely. He's alive and having the time of his life somewhere. Why hasn't he come home? I have not worked that one out yet. I know it's stupid. That's why it's a fantasy. I think you bought this boat to find him. It's a fantasy, Ben. No, I mean, if you can overcome the fear of sailing, maybe you'll be able to somehow be close to Dylan by doing what he loved. Mm, that's way off. Think about it. You say Dylan was a good sailor, right? He drowned, Ben. He was 15. He lacked judgment. The sea was rough that day. An adult would have known to stay ashore. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. For sure. Now, you really don't want me leaving you to go out on this boat, your birthday present boat, by myself, do you? I can't go, Ben. Tell you what. Let's just sit in the boat. Okay? Just sit in the boat? Just sit in the boat. Can we do that? Ben kicks off his flip-flops, rolls up his pant legs, and climbs into the boat. He holds out his hand to Todd. Todd shakes his head. Ben continues to hold out his hand. Slowly, Todd kicks off his flip-flops, rolls up his pant legs, and, taking Ben's hand, climbs in. Ben and Todd sit in the boat, Ben's arm around Todd. I can feel the water underneath us. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice. End of play. That was The Birthday Boat by Michelle Markarian, starring Richard Rapetta as Ben and Eric Ronis as Todd. Michelle and I had a great time talking about the play and her extensive writing career. Birthday Boat. I love this play. When this came in, it was Thank early. You. It was early in the uh, in in the process, and I just it was one of those things where I just started reading it, and before I knew it, it was over. And I actually flipped the page to see if there was anything on the back. Um, because I want to talk to you about that ending in a minute, but um, it was where did this come from? It's it's just such a beautiful, pleasant, loving little play. Oh, George, thank you so much. Um, it, it came from a few places, as I mentioned to you. I like to write about families, and these sure. two men are family, and Tony and his brother are a family as well, and. Part of it came, I guess it was born of that feeling when you're young and someone older that you love and respect starts to change and you can't change because you're too little. So you can't follow them into that change. And just his feelings of guilt and his feelings of 
remorse mm-hmm. and Ben's willingness to help him through it. Um, actually, somebody put a theme out there and I never do this. It was, we are doing plays about the water. Okay. And I said, okay, where's that going to take me? And then I just started thinking about, you know, Tony's initial family and then his new family with Ben. And it it sort of came from there. Because it's such a, it's such a grand gesture. All right. Um, Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not a water person myself. I love, I love playing in the surf. I don't know squat about boats. I've been on two sailboats. I sunk one of them. Uh, so yeah, uh, for me, I, I I kind of sympathize here with why would you get a boat? But that's it's it was but just his, a his beautiful partner likes to, boats. Hmm? His partner loves boats, right? I mean, yeah. he loves boats, right? And he loves his partner. Exactly, and he yeah. sees on his partner's credit card that he's been renting these boats anyway, so he. He wants to participate. He wants to be there for his partner. And in turn, his partner wants to be there for him to overcome his yeah. fear. That's that's a to do something to risk seasickness to a fear, boat phobia, you know, wave drowning shark phobia, whatever, whatever this might be. You see where I'm going with this. Um, even though they're probably going out into the bay and it's probably you know 50 feet deep or what happens to be. It's still a major thing for somebody to do. Um, so this just came to you out of the blue. There was nothing that kicked this off, saying buying a boat for somebody. Because, well, okay. So, I mean, there's bits and pieces of ourselves in every play we write, right? Sure. And, yeah. um, personally, I did have an accident in a small craft warning boat day. Um, though that has certainly, yeah, I'm still here. I didn't die. But um, yeah, she's not AI, folks. She's real. I can see her. <laughs> real. But I wrote this around a time as well where my friends and I were having big birthdays. And this is what you do. You do a big gesture for your partner, yeah. for your friend, for yourself. And this was his gesture. He wanted nice. to do something for both of them. Yeah. For both. That's nice. That's That's actually very, very lovely. I wanted to talk to you about the ending because whenever I look at plays, it always comes it always comes down in the back of my head to how would I direct this? Which depends on how I read this, and how I read this depends on how I think I might direct this. And it came all the way down to the end. And Todd kicks off his flip-flops, gets into the boat, which for him, you know, is is a is a is a thing. Right? And I can feel him sitting there. And when he says, I can feel the water underneath us. And Ben says, it's nice, isn't it? And then Todd says, yeah. And then there's a pause. And he says, it's nice. And I'm wondering, where would the actor go with that? Would, the, would it be a genuine, it's nice? Would it be a, it's nice as long as we're still tied to the dock and you're holding on to me. And I'm going to say this until I can get out. I just, I just, for me, that just represented the next moment in where this relationship and where they're going as a couple. I just thought it was a beautiful little ending. Thank you, George. I can tell you what I meant by the ending. I mean, usually when I write a play and I release it, 
honestly, it's the director's play. It's the actor's play at that point. And I've yeah. been thrilled with this in my career and I've been completely disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> We've all be been there. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, so I, Personally, when I wrote this ending, I thought it was the beginning. I thought Todd saying it's nice means it's the beginning. This is how they're going to start. They're going to start in the boat and they're going to sit in the boat and they may do this for a few weeks. And then they may take the boat out in the bay just for a little bit. Yeah. But I saw this as a beginning. I saw him being receptive towards the boat and receptive towards Ben as a sailor. That's how I saw it. Okay. Now, certainly, if you were to direct this, you can direct it so that he's paranoid and it's nice, I want to go back <laughs> on, and that's up to you. But that's, you know. I would generally go where the actors take me for that, for this particular choice, because I think it is an actor's choice, not a director's choice on this mm -hmm. one. And having gotten to the end of this 9.37 minutes of the two of them, it would have to be organic. So, Todd, this is up to you. You know, where are we going with this? Because um, either way, I think it's I think it's going to work. So, um, so when you said this is a beginning, in the back of your head, do you have plans for these two characters anymore? I would love to. I love these two characters. They're they're. You know, it's the beginning. It's the beginning for Todd's healing, and it's the beginning for them. To be able to do more things together. Yeah. That's that's how I saw that. I mean, I'm certainly certainly they do do a lot of things together in my head, mm -hmm. but this is a big one. So I thought it was a hopeful ending. I thought yeah. this was an ending that was hopeful. I agree. Um, and I love the character. I like the characters. I want to hang yeah. out with these characters. I want to have dinner with these characters. I want to cook dinner with these characters. Um, and I think what I'm trying to say is I'd, I'd like to see more of them. Just a hint. You don't have to do, do what you want. You're the playwright. Uh, but if you came hey, up with something great. else, I'd read it. That's super. Thank you. I will take that note. Okay, cool. Um, when we were communicating, we were passing emails back and forth. And you wrote something which I would like to just explicate for a minute or two. You said, it is a strange time to be an artist. And... The first thing I thought of, it's a strange time to even be alive right now because so many things are going completely crazy. But why is it a strange time to be an artist? Um, well, I think actually, now that we've, we we're talking about this, I think the pendulum is starting to swing the other way. Um, I mean, as artists, we, we write what we write. We write what we're moved by, right? And mm -hmm. um, Personally, I've always written to A, tell a good story, and B, entertain people, and C, maybe bring about a healing. But lately, all of the calls for plays I'm seeing are very, the world is in crisis. Mm. Produce a 10-minute play that will solve everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just, I got about 40 of those. Yeah, so go ahead. I cannot do that. And And yeah. you know what, personally? I don't even want to see it on stage, okay? Right. And um, I've noticed, well, I live in Boston, um, the theater scene this past year has been very um, politics over art, so to speak. And that's fine. I'm all for political theater. I used to perform political theater. Um, sure. But it's got to have an arc. 
It's got to have characters. Mm -hmm. It can't just be, you know, I'm going to take the sledgehammer and we're all going to stand in a line and hit you over the head. Like, no, I want to see theater. And I do think it's, I do think since I wrote that, I've seen several theaters come out with their seasons for next year. It's a little less sledgehammery and more entertaining. Yeah. Um, You and I share the same opinion. I I am a very, I get very political and I do so in my writing. But for me, the important thing is characters first. I cannot make you understand what I'm trying to say unless one or two of my characters reach out to you and you can sympathize with them and you can get involved in them. I don't want to be one of those pedantic people who just, like you said, takes a sledgehammer and just hits you over the head with what I believe. That's that's just wrong. Um, I want to present a situation to you through a person whose situation you can, I guess, best word to sympathize with. And then we'll go from there. But I'm going to give you a play first. I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to try and be as entertaining as possible. Um, but yeah, it's, these times are, as I said before, they're a little crazy. They they are. People are, things are getting much more extreme than they have been. And I think everybody's reacting to that because the arts have never been well-funded. Theaters have never been well-funded. And to stay alive and to reach out, they're doing new things like reaching out to people they've never reached out to before, right? And trying to address current issues to stay current. Which I'm I'm down with, you know, yeah. address current issues. That's that's great, yeah. but do it do it in a way that's artful. That's that's all. Just do it in a way that's artful, and you know it can be done like that. Like I'm, I'll be seeing Angels in America Part One in a few weeks, and I'm really looking forward to that. Have I you mean, seen this before? Never, and I'm dying to see it. And I love the director, and I love the theater mm. company. So it's 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 one of my absolute favorite plays in the universe. Oh, I've heard it's amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. The the inheritance. I mean, these are plays that are artful. They're well done, but but some of this other stuff is just uh, yeah. It's more political than than theatrical. And I think some of them suffer because of that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And there's a lot of egregious things going on today. You know, there's a lot of egregious things going on today that don't even get me started. But yeah, no, we we could be here forever. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and certainly write about those, but write about those in a way, as you say, that elicit sympathy. I mean, people people make decisions emotionally. They make decisions with their emotions. They're not mm-hmm. going to make decisions intellectually. You're not going to hit someone over the head with a slew of facts without a character who is somehow living the results of something heinous. Yeah, That's different than, here's some heinous facts. encyclopedias don't move people people's stories move people exactly yeah you write plays about families the way we love and disappoint one another um which backs up your character over plot um me going back to aristotle here because i totally disagree with him but characters are what move people um and there's certainly, especially when you're talking about families, because the dynamics are just mind-boggling sometimes. But the way we love, and you said, disappoint one another. And I thought, you go places that Disney might not follow. 
You know what I mean? She's laughing, folks. She's laughing, okay? I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing only because I've never been a Disney sympathizer, but since Ron DeSantis has started attacking Disney, ah. I like Disney all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. But, you know, and, and family, it's really our first, it, it's our first love. Our families yeah. are our first loves. Whether we love them or not, they're our first loves. And the way the dynamics and the way we're treated and the way we feel, those things stay with you. And those things carry over. And th those things I find interesting. Oh, yeah. They're they're never-endingly in, uh, interesting. Here I am inventing verbs again. Um, but, yeah, you, you'll never run out of material when it, comes, when it comes to families because the diversity of what we do as fo uh, foolish humans is endless, which is what theater feeds on. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad decisions make good theaters. That's my mantra. <laughs> But yeah, um, two more questions and, and then I'll let you get back to life and the universe and everything. How'd you make the transition from acting to playwriting? Because not everybody does that. I mean, it's one thing to get the script and work your way through it and perform it on stage. Something made you write. What was it? Um, in all honesty, I had, I gave birth and I was definitely on the fringes of theater. I mean, I'm not a great type, but I'm not a great type. So we were producing a lot of our own theater here in Boston, in Vermont. And I had my son and I realized I wasn't going to stay out every night for, you know, the hundred dollars I was going to get at the end of the month long run. Mm. So um, I started writing, I started writing plays and I got lucky. I mean, my first play was accepted by Smith and Krauss and was published and produced. And um, it just Which seemed like this? a piece uh, actually, it wasn't Smith and Krauss. I'm sorry. It was Dramatist Publishing. Okay. And it, oh my God, I can't even remember the name of it. I'm such a bad person. I've, it's one of my <laughs> best plays in terms of royalties. I will think of it. But um, we just renamed it the royalty play. So let's go. The royalty play, exactly. <laughs> the first royalty play. But it seemed a better way to raise a child to have an yeah. infant at home than going out every night. Uh, so I would I would just write these plays and it was it was satisfying. It was fun. Good. Yeah, it's um, it's it's one of the main joys of my life as well. I just love creating worlds. So, yeah, good for you. That's wonderful. Last question. You have a collection of stories called Unborn Children of America. And the title um, was just something that grabbed me the first the first second I saw it. Uh, can you explicate that just a wee bit? Absolutely. So it's it's actually a collection of plays. I had pitched a publisher my novel. Mm -hmm. And the guy didn't even want to read it. He wrote back and said, novels are tough to sell, but I'm interested in your plays. So I said, okay. And I sent him my plays. And one of them, which he loved the title, was called The Unborn Children of America. And it's a... It's sort of a sick play. It's a it's a futuristic look at leftover sperm from sperm banks. So it's the sperm in the sperm banks that nobody wants, oh. and they're marketing it. This is it's still good sperm, um, and that's the gist of the play is that they're marketing this all over the world, and it's called the Unborn Children of America. I and love that idea. That's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> 
so he's, uh-huh. he's done this and said, can we make this a title? And I said, sure. And then he came out with another family procedures because it is yeah. a collection of some of my family plays. And that is one of them. Thank you so, so much for being here. This has been a joy to talk to you. Um, and thank you so much for the birthday boat. Um, we, we had so much fun making it. And yeah, I, I think this is going to get some really, really good responses because it's just so touching. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, George, for having me and for producing my play. I really appreciate it. Hey, kids, thanks for listening to On Stage, Off Stage. On Stage, Off Stage is produced monthly, and all of our shows can be found at onstageoffstage.org and also on iTunes and Spotify. If you enjoy what we do, please recommend us to your friends. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OnOffStage. And if you are a theater artist with an upcoming project of interest or know of someone in the theater who'd make some seriously good chat, by all means, send us a note at info at onstageoffstage.org. I'm George Sapio. Thank you once again for listening. And please, stay safe. Be careful not only for yourself, but for those with whom we all share this rock. And as always, happy theatering to all of you.